1: This episode of the Cult Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopsha. Uh,
0: alright, Tina kuei. Welcome to... Um, the Cult Popsha podcast. More uh, like Culture Popsha. Can <laughs> you just say hello to one person? Tina koutou.
1: Thank you. Ah, thank you.
0: Uh, yeah, the yeah more like uh, Cultural Appropriation Popsha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just speaking another language, Cultural Appropriation.
0: Is it? No. At least okay. it's disparaging, or you're mocking it. Is. it. Yeah. Hmm. Um... Well, if you for those not familiar with uh, Tareo Maldi, that uh, means welcome to our podcast.
2: <laughs> I don't think it specifically means that. <laughs> uh,
0: today, it's part of the cult Popshire Oscar season where we are going to be talking about. Today, we're going to be talking about the worst best picture winners of all time. Oh. and uh, I'm Richard Martin. Who have I got? Who have I bloody got with me today? <laughs> you've bloody got Aaron
2: Richardson in, in the in the room with you,
1: <laughs> and you've bloody got old old wacky old AJ uh, across the across the country, not in the room with the two of you, but um, in spirit. You know, mm. New Zealand's just one big room, really.
0: Mm, it is. So, worst best picture winners of all time. Now, here at Cult Pop show We don't just decide these things arbitrarily. We like to do our research and have our own opinions. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. I'll take the ones I read on Reddit. Um, (laughs) So the way that I worked this out was: uh, so we watched the three worst from this list. So what I did was, if you search worst best uh, worst best picture winners of all time, uh, or you know, like top ten. Or like every best picture winner ranked. I took all the results from the first two pages of Google results, all the ranked lists. I assigned ten points for uh number one for what the worst one was, and then nine points for number two, so on mm. down to ten. And using that weighted, uh, you know, scoring system, I was able to determine the unanimous. Worst best picture winner of all time. So I'll take you through the top ten in in ascending order from best to worst. So, but we are only covering But we are the only covering three. the top three, but just for a bit of context where these fit in. Because some yeah. people are like, surely this is worse, but no. Um so number ten, Broadway Melody. Number nine, Gigi.
1: Could you say the years after the oh, films? Fuck,
0: I didn't write them down. <laughs> okay. Feel free to look <laughs> them up yourself. Um Out of Africa, nineteen eighties. Uh, driving miss daisy number seven in uh, the 1990s chicago 2002 i believe Mm -hmm. uh that's number six number five getting to the tail end of this shakespeare and love 1999 Mm. four cimarron now that's not spirit stallion of the it's just cimarron (laughs) um and then our top three actually tied in second place is Around the World in Eighty Days and The Greatest Show on Earth. Around the World in Eighty Days came out in nineteen fifty six. Greatest show on Earth came out in nineteen fifty two. And if they're tied for second, then, then there's an there's another third
1: though, doesn't that mean? No. No, nah, they're fourth. Okay.
0: No. Yeah, so when you have two things tied, yeah. You've obviously okay. never done I've never it. ranked anything in <laughs> <Yeah>. my life. <laughs> uh yeah, and then number one, of course, you'll notice know, is coming. 2004 slash five slash sixes crash
1: yeah see the the i guess one of the the reasons why we thought doing um like reviews of the unanimously decided uh worst best picture winners of all time is because um with you know carrying on the last episode's conversation about how the oscars need a fixin um we figured maybe there was, you know, something to be gleaned or something to be learned from looking at the most upsetting uh, Best Picture winners before. Mm.
0: So um, that we don't, history doesn't repeat itself.
1: Mm. However, I mean, if t- two of them were in the 50s and then one of them wasn't until <laughs> 2005, that's a pretty, you know, yeah. I guess across the board, people don't get too upset about Best Picture winners. Yeah, on the
0: whole. That's the thing. and also it's interesting because we'll get to this more later on, but it's kind of, due to the same film that these are considered two of the worst. Right. Like, there's one film that people are like, yeah, but because of this, this is one of the worst.
1: Very intriguing.
0: Um, So, should we go in release order?
1: Okay. I watched
2: them in release order. I watched so them in reverse
0: it. release order. Aaron, what order did you watch them I in?
2: watched them uh, 56, 2006, 1952. So, <laughs> just a random order. All over the place. There's a bloody time traveler. Well, that's me. Mm. I Alpha just I
0: experience time linearly, just backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 1952, we had the greatest show on earth. So, for a bit of context, so this one best picture in 1950, well, 1953, actually, one best picture. The film was from 1952. Uh, so, it beat High Noon, Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge, Ivanhoe, and The Quiet Man. So, a couple of films you might have heard of there. And also, another film that came out in 1952 and wasn't even nominated was Singing in the Rain.
1: Sick of of the rain wasn't nominated. Holy cow! Uh,
0: So it won. uh, It also won best story, which was you know what they had screenplay back then. Um, And this is one of uh, uh, this is uh, yeah a rare occurrence where the best picture only won one other award, and the next time after 1952 that it happened was in 2016 when Spotlight only won best picture and best screenplay wow Mm. so what's that like 64 years without that happening yeah Uh, so so yeah sorry i was also nominated for costume design director and editing
1: right okay so the greatest show on earth um it's probably it's about like the most passive love triangle i've ever seen depicted (laughs) on screen like there's a that's so it's about like a circus in general right and there's the circus like manager, who's like the main guy, played by Charlton Heston, played by Charlton Heston, and then there's like a a acrobat who is kind of in love with played by a, a woman, played by a woman, and another acrobat who's trying to steal her away from him played by but, a man, played by a man, but it doesn't re like at one point he kisses her and and Charlton Heston he he couldn't really care less could he he's mm. he's like ah oh, what a fun game of who's going to get to marry this person. It's
2: because he's got sawdust in his veins, man. Sawdust
1: <laughs> <Sword laughs> in his veins. Um, the movie is two and a half hours long and nothing happens for an hour and a half. Like, yeah, yeah. Real <laughs> close to <laughs> the end, there's down. like,
0: here's a train crash and you're like, fuck. <laughs> the, wow.
1: first, the first like, discernible like, um, point of, of any kind of action that happens in this film is the male acrobat falls off <laughs> the, the high, the swing up oh. in the sky up in the top of the tent and up crushes his hand that's and not- that happens I look that happens at one hour 24 minutes <laughs> 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 that's an entire movie length God by Lord. today's standard before something happens in this movie
0: uh, sorry I was just taking a moment to enjoy Aaron's socks they have tigers on them
2: they do it was <laughs> a circus theme no, very good. did you do that on purpose? greatest show on earth
1: uh, mm. maybe subconsciously yeah maybe maybe mm. I'm, I'm wearing socks with um, hot air balloons on them.
0: I'm so. wearing um, socks with nothing on them to represent the talent in Crash. Um,
1: have, <laughs> I'm wearing socks with racism on
0: them. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Not Big, more. bold letters. Yeah, well, I'm wearing, so I'm wearing no socks to represent <laughs> the racism that we now don't have due to Crash. Thanks, I've Opening all our eyes to it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it also stars, and I didn't, because i I got to admit, I fast forwarded the opening credits. You know, what credits are like in old films. Yeah, um, those,
2: those ones went on for a particular yeah. long time.
0: But I, um, at the end of the film, because there's this clown in it who never takes his makeup off, and at the end of the film, I was like, the, the whole film, I was like, "Fuck, he looks like James Stewart and sounds like him too," <laughs> but he's not in this film. And then at the end of the film, I was like, I looked it up and I was like,
1: "It is, it is," because it got Stewart. to the point
0: where I was like, "No, that has to be Jimmy Stewart." And it was,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny thing for your mind to like be like, "Nah, it can't be." <laughs> it's not, like it's not a movie from bit. the fifties. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. perfectly. Yeah, well, I think it's one it of those be things. Be.
0: that's like I just figured surely I would have seen at some point that this starred Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> mm. But no, I had. I just had ignored that. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I think I
2: re- he's to be fair. His name is the third billing. I think.
0: Like, yes, yeah. because I saw Charlton Heston. I was like, oh, cool and fast forward. Charlton yeah. Heston, very um, Harrison forty. I thought in this. Because I, I haven't really seen much young Heston. Yeah. I've seen the older um, NRA Charlton Heston.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Big supporter I don't know enough NRA. about
1: my Heston law to be able to keep up here.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he's in the Bowling the for Columbine documentary, and Michael Moore <laughs> goes to his house and is like, hey, do you think that school shootings are bad? And Charlton Heston's very senile, and it's, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's his best work since the Grand Show on it. Yeah, so I found one of the lists that ranked this number one uh, was by Variety. And it said the uh, the Academy evidently wanted to reward Cecil B. DeMille, who directed the film, for his 40 year career. Too bad they didn't wait until the Ten Commandments in 1956 who's that movie there you
2: go uh this movie Ooh. is bright and
0: gaudy but dated as the filmmakers seemed amazed at the concept of a circus so they stopped the action to watch various acts that's a pretty apt description
1: yeah yeah it's, this movie's a circus it's yeah. just going to the circus with a light has, plot yeah. intertwined between it like and then, yeah. a, then a train crash
2: <laughs> <laughs> it has a real weird like documentary kind of feel yeah, yeah. like parts of it are kind of set up as sucks. like a yeah, because it's terrible. And it's boring. As long as it's boring, and nothing happens. <laughs> no, because there's like that narration at the start. Where it's like the circus is, and then like yeah, that's Cecil B. DeMille really that. Yep. There you go, his best work. <laughs> yeah, since Ten Commandments. <laughs> since
0: we, you know, you, you experience time. Yeah, again, uh, you know. you know, I experience time. <laughs> Literally just backwards. Uh, yeah. The, um, but it's interesting. So yeah, the Ten Commandments. Because the, the, the Academy has been noted for doing this before kind of thing where they award maybe not someone's best work, but just so that, you know, someone deserves an Academy Award. Cecil B. DeMille died in the late 50s, I think, in 1959. And so they were like, oh, she's getting, kind of, getting on a bit. Ooh. We better give him a Best Picture Award before he dies. Uh, but if they'd waited four years, he made what would evidently be like his magnum opus, The Ten Commandments. And too bad because it got beat for best picture by Around the World in 80 Days. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a lot of the flack for these two films uh, come from the fact that, like, they should have waited till the Ten Commandments and then the Ten Commandments should have won.
2: I mean, you never know, though, do you? Because yeah. they, they never knew that that was coming out. Exactly, exactly. They assumed he'd be <laughs> dead before then. Yeah.
0: It's like people, like, they should have um, had uh, Leia just die in space and episode eight of star wars and then it's like they didn't plan for her death like yeah. mm. like every single um every single scene in every single movie they go i am well we should write this as the last scene in case they die after filming
1: it <laughs> that's not bad practice dude that's a good idea <laughs> especially as we start reviving more and more old franchises and yeah movies, you know?
0: but also the thing is that we now have the technology to just continue without the actor being alive. It's like <laughs> it's like Bernie's.
1: saving it's like saving your Adobe Premiere project in case it crashes. Yeah.
0: It's gonna like, crash. It's just a matter it's of when. G- <laughs>
1: exactly. So film film a death scene for your old elderly actor so that you can you always just have it there just in case.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I mean I don't really have much more to say about Gratis on Earth. To be honest, I've been I've been working morning shifts so I start work at like four four or five AM this week and then I get home and watch these long boring films. So So
1: you've been working on the greatest shows on earth and then go home and watch <laughs> yeah, the greatest exactly. show.
0: exactly. <laughs> How do they stack up? Uh for I don't know, I'd probably rather watch the 6 p.m. news <laughs> um than the greatest show on earth. But yeah, I did start to I I did doze off and sort of glaze over for a lot, and then it's like there's a train crashing how they're like she's yeah. on that train let's drive into the train to try and stop it
2: he was trying to alert them with the headlights i think was yeah, the thing. probably but could have
0: swerved at the last second though you would have thought so but yeah where very, would the drama have gone
1: yeah so there is a there is a train crash at in the like climax of this film and i think after i watched it i was like i can kind of understand why this made like why, what the justification for it winning best picture could have been because the it's, it's very spectacular. Yeah. Cause like, it's the greatest just by movie vir- on earth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just by being virtue of it being about a circus, you've got like live wild animals that, you know, back in the day yeah, when they couldn't really right. fake it. Sure. And you've got a train crash and you've got all these things that, that you can only really do on film. Um, well you can't actually, I, you can do them in real life. Um, <laughs> It's not recommended. You crash trains and set a tiger free. Yeah, uh, but you know, like I don't know. I go I definitely didn't enjoy the film, <laughs> but I could understand oh, no. the the nineteen fifty two argument that this is a grand spectacle. Yeah. I guess it right, is yeah. pretty.
2: Ama- it's kind of on par with like something like Ben Hur. You know, which mm. is like amazing, partly just because of its like mm. like scope. You know, and the amount of stuff that they throw in, like the the actual, what it would have taken to like make this movie would have been an incredible amount of money and people and like oh, training
0: and stunts. You want and, to talk about big productions, let's talk about Around the World in 80 Days. Wait, whoa, but whoa. before we do, I just want to say as well that, um, interestingly for Oscar fun facts, uh, for our Oscar-y fans out there, the 1952-53 academy awards uh was one of four times ever that best picture director and the four acting awards went to six different films oh wow yeah the most recent time it happened was 2012 with uh when argo won mm. we, won't go. We, <laughs> we won't talk go. about that Can um, we talk for about- those playing at home argo ranked 15th on the worst uh best picture winners of all time well there nice. you go because i know it's not a favorite of ages
1: <laughs> no i don't i don't like argo i think it's um it promises a movie about filmmaking and then isn't one. Are yeah. you partly annoyed because um, there's a bit
2: in Argo where they claim that the New Zealand embassy turned them away and it never happened? and, yeah.
0: and it was on the news in New, New Zealand news. for three days. <laughs> Aaron, and then, I'm furious
2: at that. They apologise for you to
0: have got over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, I should have mentioned at the start that uh, out of 90 Best Picture winners, uh, 37 appeared on one of the lists, at least once on a list of 10 worst how,
1: what percentage is that? Uh it's like nearly 50% no, right. No, well it's
0: wide well, between a third and a half more than mm. a quarter. Slightly <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah. Um, Welcome
1: to to Maths Popsha. <laughs> we we work it out but don't confirm it.
0: 90 divided by 37 equals Oh, now we do confirm it. 2.4. 2.4%.
1: <laughs> no. That's 20%. Not right. See. 24%. tweet us tweet us what are, <laughs> t- what percentage 37 is of 90 and you know what we'll feature your tweet on our next episode okay i've worked
0: it out there's about 43 44 percent 41
1: there you
0: go 0.11
1: Wow, this is as exhilarating as us discussing yeah. uh, the the year, the shape of twenty nineteen compared to <laughs> the shape of other numbers. <laughs> uh,
0: the, the the shape of twenty nineteen should have won best picture last year. <laughs> <laughs> a woman falls in love with the year. Is this a um a a true TV documentary or whatever they call? This is. <laughs> Weird reference to drop down. <laughs> um, oh, you mean like, um, oh yeah, I'm in love with my car kind of things.
1: Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Give. give let's start awarding those things at the Oscars.
2: <laughs> do you think you can get married to a date?
0: Because like, you
2: know how you can get married to buildings and shit. Right,
0: see, I thought you meant, um, like, the fruit. <laughs> I thought you can.
1: meant, like, going on a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is my date. Would
0: well, you reckon it's you like- can get married to your girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Ew, gross. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Around the World in 80 Days. So mm. I should have taken note of this when I first made the list. But going back through today, I actually couldn't find a single list where this is ranked number one, interestingly. Oh, yeah. um, But it's, you know, I, I think it's just generally not very popular, especially because it's a famous loss. Uh, you know, of a famous, you know, upset. Mm. So that was really interesting. Um, the so this beat the Ten Commandments, which fun fact, fun fact, is the seventh highest grossing film of all time, adjusted for inflation. Wow! Uh, it also beat The King and I, and Friendly Persuasion, and A Giant. A giant. Yeah, beat a giant. (laughs) Not in a physical fight. Just a real tall man was nominated for Best Picture that year.
1: (laughs) They were too scared of him to explain how the Oscars work. And they're like, yeah, sure, you're nominated.
0: (laughs) Uh, It was just a picture of him? Best Picture?
1: Yeah, he was like, I've got a picture. And he held it. And they're like, yeah, no, we get it. This tall man.
0: (laughs) The nominees are Around the World in 80 Days, The Ten Commandments, The King and I, Friendly Persuasion, and This Tall Guy.
1: <laughs> but then you know what? When around the world in eighty days, he respectfully clapped and like was you know. Yeah. They interviewed him afterwards, and he was like, oh you know, the Oscars were the real winner on the day." Yeah, no, he's,
0: he he like he he was so happy he like leaped out of his seat, and the camera was like fucking like, <laughs> tilt up, basically. <laughs> um. Okay. So this also won cinematography, editing, scoring, writing, and it was nominated for art direction, costume design, and director. Art direction and costume design are probably the things it should have won for <laughs> yeah, above the
1: other things. Um, yeah, so this is a three hour movie uh, that has a awfully paced beginning and then ends very abruptly. Yeah. And I was like, how does it have both those things? And it's three hours. Like, if you're unfamiliar with the story, it's basically about, like,. Um, a guy who bets he can go around the world in eighty days, and then he just fucking does it. Um, but the the point yeah, in the story where yeah. he where <laughs> he makes the bet and leaves is like so early, much more, way earlier yeah. on. Then it's like, like ten minutes
0: m- before the movie starts.
1: <laughs> and then it the literally ends. is just him being like, "Remember ten minutes ago, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys." No, you start and the then- movie,
0: and then the, the the memory is just implanted in your head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the film literally ends when a character goes. This really is the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ends. And it's like, what just happened? You spent so much time doing other things. Why couldn't we have just, you know, Come yeah. ended it and... like how how the rest of the film was drawn out?
0: But yeah, so it, it is a pretty epic story. It takes okay, this place is epic over thirteen countries, um, mm. and one hundred and twelve locations, and the filming actually visited every single one of those. Really?
2: Yeah. Mm. Even Didn't Hong get Kong any of the one.
0: actresses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and no, did, I didn't did, didn't get people of the right race to play. There.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Go you've for you've it. You've got it?
1: so there's a there's an Indian princess that they rescue in this film, and at the start it's like a white woman with like very heavy foundation on, right <laughs> and and you're like, look, it's 1956. I'm not going to write to anyone, and you know I'm not going yeah, to write to Congress dead, so. and be like, this is unacceptable. Um. But then, as the film goes on, they just don't really bother putting the makeup back on her. And it's like, this is... By the end of it, you're like, this is a white woman! This is a Brit- a white British woman! You can't tell me she's Indian. It's insane. She's still... She's got, like, the, the dot in her, on her forehead. And it's like, that's, that's not enough. If anything, you're making it worse. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So... Aaron and I watched this together because we needed, mm-hmm. um, you know, moral support to yeah. get through it. And <laughs> I've started doing this thing lately where I'll start snoring before I fall asleep. <laughs> and so I like lying on the couch and I'll be like, <laughs> just doing this real gross breathing because my body has become so relaxed, and that's my like cue to be like, you need- you need to wake up before sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I did that quite a few times during this film the story didn't really have a point i just started <laughs> sleeping no
1: i i can detest to that though because when we used to watch franchise movies together <laughs> like i'd just i just let you fall asleep at the end of like breaking dawn part one yeah, yeah. and then, no, it then i clip, woke up so i was like sure. you have to watch the rest of this man <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah it was like i remember yeah you tapping my feet and being like oh yeah it finished and i was like fuck how long did i go to fall asleep like half an hour and i was like fuck now i've got to like <laughs> take time out of my day to watch half oh, half hour of this God. uh yeah but so it's pretty impressive spectacle. So there's one thing one interesting thing about this, and and Aaron and I are watching this together, is like two hours into the film, there's they're at a saloon and there's a pianist and he turns around and he's got these piercing blue eyes and we were like, Is that is that Frank Sinatra? <laughs> and then we uh I Googled it. And I was Are like, you oh, using this film? along with like 39 other celebrity cameos. So like this film was known at the time for being filled with minor appearances from like huge celebrities at the time. The only one we recognised was Frank Sinatra. I looked up the list of names. One was Buster Keaton. He was yeah. the train driver. And
2: we still weren't sure that it was Buster yeah. Keaton.
0: because because <laughs> it was one of those things where we saw him and we're like, oh, that must be him. And then, because I looked at what role he played and, we're like, and then it was the next part of the film. Well, like, that must be him. And then we're like, Wait a minute! I don't know what Bust Keaton looks like. <laughs>
1: um, one thing that really disappointed me about this film is that, like, I've I don't have a lot of exposure to Around the World in Eighty Days. Yeah, have you seen um, the Jackie Chan one? I haven't seen the Jackie Chan one, but no, I never. have seen the Tweety Bird one, oh, of uh, course, which was released straight to VHS in like 1999, and it's called Tweety's High Flying Adventure. Um, and I remember I owned it on VHS. Um. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't really know much about it. But, like, to me, if you said, what's the main, like, striking visual image of Around the World in 80 Days, I'd be like, the hot air balloon. And they use the hot air balloon to get over the Alps and then they'd land it and never use it again. I was like, I thought that was the movie. I thought the mo- the, yeah. the story was them travelling around the world in a hot air balloon, but it's only, like, the first, like, you know, fraction of their journey. But I don't know. It's more interesting than just watching two people in a hot air if balloon. If I had time. to
2: watch three hours of two dudes in a hot air balloon, <laughs> mm. I don't think I would have lasted. Mm.
1: It is a weird thing for me to be complaining about, but I do think, I think maybe if the other ways they travelled were as interesting as a hot air balloon, and there, there's a couple of others. They they, they set a sail to like one of those things that you put on a train track that isn't a train. What are they called?
0: Where you like choo choo train?
1: No, like the platform and you you push the lever up
0: and down to make it oh move. yeah oh, the, um, yeah they, the livery do does
1: yeah 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 they attach a sail to that and go real fast along a train track and at one point they burn and the the entire like like Continent or, or, or most Africa. most of a boat to get the steamboat to like get to shore in time yeah um and i, I kind of wish like every way they traveled was some kind of creative way of doing it yeah. i think that would have been a cool improvement to the film
0: Oh, yeah, interesting.
1: Take take that. Um, what's his name? <laughs> the guy who wrote it, Jules wrote Verne. The, Jules
0: Verne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <fuck idiot>. you. <laughs> uh So <laughs> hey, they write elephants. All right, elephants. Yeah. So yeah, there. but speaking of too. animals and living beings that appear in the film, so I mentioned it's got a pretty big cast of cameos. Um, mm-hmm. but you know the full cast, <laughs> including extras, consists of sixty-eight thousand eight hundred ninety-four people.
2: Seriously,
0: so, yeah, it's a big and you cast. Name them all. Frank Sinatra, <laughs> Buster Keaton.
1: <laughs> Which was your favorite?
0: Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> um, and also had seven thousand nine hundred fifty-nine animals.
1: Where are these extras? Like, they're just in the background. They're I all guess.
2: in those crowd scenes,
0: presumably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like yeah, the
2: yeah, one like set in crowd that's scene in India Yeah. full mm. of white people.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's like white people in the background that are just in shadow and they're like, that'll be enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I I liked this film more than The Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah,
0: so more, I thought more that, happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's not, there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just long and old and a bit racist in places. Yeah. And those are those are most of the things that I could could call it out on. But you're saying that the main reason, because it can't be just like, it bet, the Ten Commandments is the main thing wrong with it like well, what I,
0: do you want to say like so this is what variety same source that, that gave the last quote yeah um so they ranked it fifth on their list as TV continued to steal audiences movies tried to offer bigger spectacles this one was filmed in 13 countries and producer Mike Todd rounded up 40 well-known names for bit parts Todd is credited with coining the word cameo to describe their brief appearances mm. but to modernize the film is never as fun as it wants to be.
1: That's a very a lot of like praise, and then one unexplained line of, <laughs> of, of critique. Yeah, <laughs> like it's wonderful. Uh, it's got it's so it's it's got all these exciting locations. We've got so many celebrity cameos, and it actually coined the word cameo. But it's just not that fun. <laughs> it's like oh, okay, yeah. I think it's one of those <laughs> Could you things like on that?
0: like both greatest show and around the world in 80 days would have been a lot better if they were shorter. Mm, Yeah. Like, but yeah, but they also, you can see that almost they
2: won the Oscar for similar reasons.
1: Yeah. Like they're both, they're both spectacular. They're both, they're both, um, celebrations of what film can accomplish, you know? Mm. So I can understand why that could translate in the Academy's mind to best picture, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, I think uh, the greatest show on earth is the lowest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Best picture winner. Interesting, okay. right?
2: I actually think I would rather watch the greatest show on earth again really? rather than um, around the world in eighty days because, like, neither of them really have a very interesting plot. And to be honest, I think that, like, visually, um, the greatest show is like nicer to look at. Mm. Just in terms of like the costumes and like the elephants, and you know, like all the <laughs> like, elephants in around the world in 80 days, Aaron. You said it yourself, it's true. You only see the back end of that elephant, though. Oh, says, I think you see, it's
1: true. I think Can I you? disagree with you, Aaron, but I'm not at all passionate enough yeah. to <laughs> construct an argument for why 80 <laughs> days is, is better than Greatest Show.
0: Yeah. Hey, fair enough. Man. <laughs> all right, well, that's that mate shall we move on? Mm. um So, yeah, Crash. This is probably one of the most. The most well-known bad Oscar winner. So the because film...
1: it's it's like um you know the closer one to our, yeah, the, yeah the the age of people being able to voice their opinions loud. Yeah, yeah. You talk across, to your grandma, it's still Nineteen fifty six is still as fresh as ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So two thousand. This film was released in two thousand and four, uh, but it wasn't released in LA. So you know it needs to run in LA for two weeks to be nominated for an Oscar. And then, so they did an Oscar run in two thousand five, and then it won Best Picture in two thousand six. So it was a very long road to the Oscars, and this is actually the only Best Picture winner to have been released before the previous year's winner.
1: Wow! So it it also cheated its way in, yeah, basically. Yeah. It waited, bided its
0: time. <laughs> yeah. Because it knew it couldn't beat. Don't know, you um, don't know? Well, Million Dollar Baby won the year before. There we go. Um, yeah, so it beat uh, Brokeback Mountain, Munich, Capote and Good Night and Good Luck. God. <laughs> what? Just, just Brokeback Mountain's so good. Yeah, but you like Crash, <laughs> don't
1: you? Um, It's a good, good question. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we did talk about this briefly um, last Oscar season. Uh, my allegiance to Crash lies in... The fact that i studied it in my last year of high school yeah um and so i was able to learn a lot about crash and like and when I a study, lot about racism yeah and when i study films i i end up liking them more like people often say like oh i hate studying films in high school because it ruins
0: the film yeah, i, see, I, I f- have, fucking hate judo because i studied it in high school
1: i have the exact opposite effect like i love a, i love something I love more judo. when i study it um I do love Juno but I didn't study it I just love it independently of that
0: like Juno's not deep enough to be studied yeah right
1: well yeah. neither is crash and yet here we are um <laughs> it so seems
0: we've reached an impasse
1: like, i I just I know a lot I, at the time anyway I knew I a, know lot a lot about about crash. racism I'm sorry <laughs> I, I do <laughs>
0: um just call me and, Paul haggis director of crash and writer and writer. <laughs>
1: Um, but look I don't know I studied it in a in a way that before I knew people didn't like it and so knowing everything I knew about it and then discovering years later that people consider it the worst best picture winner of all time I was like oh yeah and so revisiting I actually watched it a couple of hours ago and it was real interesting remembering the things that i wrote in my essay right yeah (laughs) like at the end the song that plays is called maybe tomorrow and so like which is a great song
0: and it's the best part of the movie (laughs) how
1: how music like affects the the themes of crash and it's like well the music and at the end is maybe tomorrow which you know insinuates maybe there's hope on the horizon um but okay what what would you Give us give us the stats. Have okay. you given us yeah. the stats no, for? Christ? No, I haven't. Let's do that. Uh, okay,
0: so it also won best screenplay and uh, original screenplay and best editing, which is um, all of our films were nominated for best editing. Mm. Uh, it was also nominated for best director. Um, Matt Dillon was nominated for supporting actor, the only acting nomination in these three films, and it was also nominated for best song for a song called "In the Deep." But uh, it's also the only film other than The Sting to win Best Picture without being nominated for a major Golden Globe Award. That's best. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Drama, best comedy, or best on film.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. All right. So what's wrong with it, everybody? Okay.
0: So <laughs> it's a, like, I guess the, the thing that everyone it's a very, uh, shallow look at racism so yeah. it 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 act, it pretends its characters are three-dimensional but they're all one-dimensional it's a bunch mm-hmm. of people who have a defining trait or are a stereotype of that race and even the ones that are supposed to be like not what you think like Michael Peña's in this and Sandra Bullock's racist characters in the movie for five minutes even though she receives top billing um <laughs> You know, is like, oh, he's probably gonna sell our keys to his gangbang of friends, but he's actually got a heart of gold and a daughter that he loves. It's like that's a stereotype, you know? The the right. hardworking uh, Latino who loves his daughter. And
1: that's a da- that's a damaging stereotype <laughs> to the Latino community. But
0: it's like, you know, that you're not breaking anything down by being like, What? He actually has a family. Yeah, yeah.
1: So many of these story arcs are like, You think you know this? Well, you don't. No, well, yeah. (laughs) You
0: you think you know this? You do. (laughs) Because it's it's right there. (laughs) Hey, you ready for some depth? (laughs) Not going to get it.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You ready for some depth? I'm going to set up a character one way and then provide information that makes you rethink your perception of that
0: person.
1: Uh, Aaron, you've just won Best Picture. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Like, literally, so... You could save a lot of time, like, by rather than watching this movie, just write down the words, racism is bad, and read Mm. that, and you've had the same effect. Mm.
1: I don't think you guys quite realise how how bad racism is,
0: though. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm like, okay, none of us here are advocating for racism, okay? (laughs) I just think... (laughs) <laughs> What's the, 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 the but after that like, <laughs> r- like racism is bad but i'm just saying
1: the the movie's crash like trying is. to make you think be like you know this racism thing isn't actually as great as you might think <laughs> allow me to demonstrate
0: um, um, so do we want to go through some of the storylines because so crash is like a because we, we see what the vignettes. other ones are about uh, yeah it's like vignettes it's like a love actual racism actually as well <laughs> um, Race. <laughs> what it should be if you look called. hard enough racism actually is all around <laughs> 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 uh, yeah it's those like mildly interconnected stories so you've got Sandra Bullock and Brenna Fraser um, she's scared of black people and then the black people are like man why is she stereotyping us and then they uh, rob her at gunpoint and take the car um, and then what else do we have? Yeah, you've got um, then Michael Pena changes the locks at their house, and then he goes home to his family. And then there's uh, the like a dairy owner whose door doesn't work, and then and they're, they're Persian, Persian, yeah. And then yeah. he hires Michael Pena to change the locks because their door hasn't been working. And then uh he, he he's bought a gun as well, and. <laughs> Then I've now realised like how complex, and then I'm like, fuck, I don't want to have to explain all of this. But anyway, yeah. um his shop <laughs> gets broken into because Michael Pena told him he couldn't fix the door, so the Persian dude goes to Michael Pena's house to shoot him, and he accidentally shoots Michael Pena's daughter. But oh no, the gun didn't have any overhead blanks in it. And then also at the same time, you've got Matt Dillon as a racist cop who pulls over an African American couple uh, while she was sucking her husband's dick. And then he like feels her up, and she's like, "It's just because I'm black, and we were breaking the rules, the road rules." Um, and then eventually she gets into a car accident; she's about to die, and Matt Dillon's the cop on the scene, and it's this very powerful moment. Uh, have I missed anything? There's also a Korean missed- couple. <laughs> so much. <laughs> You're like, have I missed
1: anything? Yes, you've covered about thirty percent of the storylines. <laughs> <Fuck yeah>, <laughs>
0: okay, what, what what else are the the storylines you've got? So, um, oh, um, Ludacris runs over a Chinaman. Who's actually don't, don't use the racist terminology. Well, okay, they, they, that's what they say in the film. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, you've got uh, Matt Dillon's partner, who the whole movie is like this picture of hope for um, like white men who don't want to be associated with uh, racism, which is so <laughs> hard. <laughs> um, but no, he's he's a he's legitimately like a, a good guy who's upset by. Matt Dillon's character's behavior, mm. uh but then he ends up killing a black guy because he thinks he's about to pull a gun on him after he picks him up when
0: he's hitchhiking. Yeah. To be fair, that black dude was acting real shady for no reason. <laughs> that no,
1: that's the that watching it again now, that's the storyline that pisses me off the most. Yeah, because the, the problem, the fundamental problem with Crash, whether people have been able to like fully articulate it or not, is that everyone's a straw man and everyone is moving yeah. in a way that allows. Them the message to come across and not a way that makes sense for the characters yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um aaron what what's your um favorite storyline that we've missed out so far <laughs>
2: uh i particularly like don Cheadle's storyline so I don am. Cheadle, uh at the start basically stops by the side of the road to um I think he's involved in a car accident, but he's also a police officer, so he's, like, stopped by the side of the road, mm. and there's, like, a crash scene, basically, or, like, a, a, a some sort of a police scene, and he sees it, and then Don Cheadle's whole um, storyline yeah. kind of goes backwards. So we go yeah. backwards to the point where John Cheadle's investigating this uh, event where a white cop shot a, like, undercover black cop um and so he's like investigating that and there comes a point where um the like chief investigator basically decides that they're gonna they're gonna pin they're gonna um like say that this white cop did bad because like he's already shot two other black guys um but Don Tito's like I don't really know if that's actually the case it's quite complicated and then they're like um we'll we, we need this let us let us do this Don Cheadle um and we'll let your brother get off on his third strike and Don Cheadle's like wow yeah okay um meanwhile Don Cheadle's mom's like you gotta find your brother man you gotta find your brother um and Don Cheadle's like I'm busy mom and then right at the end it's revealed that um Don Cheadle's brother was the one who was at the um the oh. police scene at the
1: start yeah. Who was killed by the v- by the by, Matt by Dillon's. The white guy, yeah. yeah. Partner.
0: Um so I wanna And also Matt Dillon's dad has got prostate problems. Yeah, and um and it's a black woman in charge of uh getting his insurance or whatever. And uh I tell you what, Matt Dillon's not too happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> siree. But he has a reason. Uh, and, but so yeah, no, he, has he a does have a reason because um his dad was a friend to the blacks. Um <laughs> and <laughs> And she should appreciate that. T- t- to
1: be fair, you're saying it like the movie doesn't realise the flaw of his character, whereas it, it does. Like, yeah, like there's that not way for an presented.
0: Oscar. <laughs> um, so um, Slant Magazine ranked all 90 Best Picture winners and put Crash at the worst. So there's a slightly longer quote, but here we go. Uh, Crash is set in Archie Bunker's world. There's a reference for you guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> A nostalgic land where race is at the forefront of every consciousness during every minute of every day. Where elaborately worded slurs are loaded into everyone's speech centres like bullets in a gun ready to be fired at the instant that disrespect is given. The characters are anachronistic cartoons posing as symbols of contemporary distress. I can't talk right now, Ma, says Don Cheadle's cop, poising mid-coitus to take a phone call. I'm fucking a white woman holy <laughs> shit another character explains we ran over a chinaman i can't look at you matt Dillon's cop tells a female a black female paper pusher making like peter boyle's character from the 1970 white man on a rampage melodrama joe another reference for you guys without thinking of the five or six qualified white men who could have had your job dynamite <laughs> paul haggis d- depiction of a world where everyone's thoughts and words are filtered through a kind of racist translator chip like a spike lee slur montage padded out to feature length and then spat into (laughs) casual conversation is ungenerous because it depicts every character as an actual or potential acid spitting bigot and it's untrue to life because it ignores the american impulse to at least pretend one isn't a racist for fear of being ostracized by one's peers
1: i like the ending it's like look yeah most people are racist but they don't they're not as free to admit it as, as the characters in crash
2: can, can i just be honest and say that i'm really glad that i heard that quote because there was a part of me that was like crash is not true to life but then another part of me that was like maybe that is how americans talk to each other i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um
0: but i think yeah the, the reason it's gonna it, it, that it's considered so bad is it's just so shallow it's so transparent it's very hey this is why you know, it's written by a white man who thinks racism's bad and wants to tell that story. Yeah, and like a white Are man, three,
1: three white dudes dismantling his his, <laughs> his art is that any better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, it's like a white dude writing how he thinks complex black characters talk, mm. and and he's and he's only learnt from like. The, the, around the world in 80 days <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the interesting part about that movie is that like the only reason it got made is because don Cheadle signed on as like producer and he was like so passionate about it so it's like it's kind of interesting yeah, to think interesting. what what in it did don Cheadle see that was like yes <laughs> maybe
0: it's just that he got to have sex with a white woman <laughs> yeah and and mention it yeah yeah <laughs> mm. And and he demanded that his actual mother be on the other side of that phone call. <laughs>
1: like the the problem with the, the it's just it's pretentious. It's a pretentious film. It's pretentious because of the person telling the story, and it's pretentious because that mm. that like permeates the dialogue. And like the the opening monologue is like the definition of Oscar bait.
0: You yeah, know? The, that's the thing. It's Oscar bait. It's it's the most <laughs> successful Oscar bait, I think. Mm. Um, beca- and like this probably could even be the term the the film that you know coined the term oscar bait for films that are just so obviously Mm. trying to get an oscar you can imagine the writer or the you know paul haggis watching the first edit of this and and weeping you know i've created beauty (laughs) yeah like like that's the thing it's that transparency of you can see someone behind it trying really hard and there's nothing lamer than trying yeah (laughs) you know maybe it's
1: just that he was he was such a desperate screenwriter-director and trying to desperately come up with an idea for an Oscar award-winning movie that he just crashed ideas into each other Mm. to see if they could feel something.
0: And he was like, do you know what's bad? Racist (laughs) Do you know what most people hate? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Paul Haggis has actually commented on the controversy. Oh, really? Uh, So in 2015, in an interview, he commented, was Crash the best film of the year? I don't think so. Uh, there were great films that year. Good night and Good Luck, amazing film. Capote, terrific film. Ang Lee's Brokeback Mountain, great film. And Spielberg's Munich, I mean, please, what a year. Crash, for some reason, affected people. Uh, it touched people, and you can't judge these films like that. I'm very glad to have those Oscars. They're lovely things, but you shouldn't ask me what the best film of the year was, because I wouldn't be voting for Crash, only because I saw the artistry that was in the other films. Now, however... for some reason that's the film that touched people the most that year so i guess that's what they voted for something that really touched them and i'm very proud of the fact that crash does touch you people still come up to me more than any of my films and say that film changed my life i've heard that dozens and dozens and dozens of times so it did its job there i mean i knew it was the social experiment that i wanted so i think and i think it's a really good social experiment is it a great film i don't know
1: <laughs> i've never been, like heard a, heard a quote that's so filled with like oh so he's he's got a good head about it and like oh no he doesn't have a good head about it <laughs> like so much of the, so many of those lines are like yeah that's that's a good way to talk about it and then it keeps going and it's like oh just stop talking about it now yeah you've gone too far man it's just do do. would you guys call crash itself a racist film or is it just Uh, that it's mishandling the conversation i I actually
0: almost would like because and like it is i I think it is a joke in the film but like the start because one of the one of the opening scenes of the film when ludicrous and his buddy so ludicrous is like supposed to be spouting all these like inspirational kind of like meaningful quotes throughout the whole film and so he sees Sandra Bullocks and Brenna Fraser are walking towards them and she grabs Brenna Fraser and he's like, look at that. Like, they're afraid of us because we're black, blah, 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 blah. And then they pull out guns and go and carjack them. And was, I guess it's supposed to be a joke that like, oh, he's saying he's deeper than that, but he's not. But like, that's the film right there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, because I feel like um, a lot of the film rewards a white man realising he's racist then it rewards the the victims of the situation. Like Matt Dillon's character is the perfect example, is that his story arc actually ends with him being a hero, and it's like, yeah, but he also like molested Tandy Newton in front of her husband. Yeah, and it's like, what is what are we supposed to glean from that? It's it's very and like, is it that just people are complex? But you, you can say that. But then every other character arc is like they learn something, and I feel like yeah. that one stands yeah. out as being a bit too T- uh, unresolved. Tandy
0: Newton's real unrest like (laughs) like like what happened to her is horrible but how she's like getting mad at terrence howard for like not punching this cop in the face this cop who's very ready to arrest or kill them Hmm. and it's like you should have done something it's like literally what the fuck were you expecting him to do (laughs)
1: yeah um what do you think aaron of crash yeah just in general i uh i think that there's like
2: a good film in there somewhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just so like heavy-handed and awfully handled that it's like (laughs) irredeemably bad Mm. but also the most interesting thing about it is that like kind of everyone has this vaguely like redemptive kind of thing where they're like at the end of their arc or somewhere in their arc, they're given a chance to show that they're, like, a good person. The only person deprived of that is the guy from, like, Persia, which is basically, like, Iraq or Iran. Mm. So it's, like, interesting to just, like, think that in 2005, everyone could have a redemptive narrative except for the guy from the Middle East. (laughs) You know, Mm. which is, like, if you're going to deconstruct racism or attempts to deconstruct racism
1: and still be racist like yeah but his daughter is one of the only um like most pure like pure characters in the film like Mm. she she is a like she's what you would describe in this film's two-dimensional character gallery as like a good person like she she never sees anything racist or wrong and she's just trying to look out for her dad and you could see it actually as her story and he's like a catalyst for her change i guess if the movie's going to be that deep um he does kind of see the error of his ways i guess as a a way you could look at.
0: yeah after he's like shot a little girl
1: after he tried (laughs) well he
2: doesn't he sort of doesn't really he at the end he's like it didn't happen because an angel came down Mm. and that's like his great realization is that he's protected by god or something you know like (laughs) yeah Yeah. there's no there's nothing in the movie to suggest that this guy's like changed his ways at all just that he had some kind of divine revelation
1: i'm still i'm racking my brain trying to work out what the story of the the white cop who ends up killing a black guy is supposed to add to the film like mm. that ju- that one just pissed me I off it's just so supposed much. to be like
0: dramatic irony yeah
1: yeah i guess so but it is it's frustrating that the movie then yeah because it's like, like oh
0: he was the least racist character but he did the most racist thing <laughs>
2: but also you think about it like kind of the reason he does the most racist thing <laughs> is that like he's like well i was nice to, i was nice to african-american people so like mm. and they didn't thank me for it so yeah, just he's like one. okay
0: look i saved an african-american and i've killed one i can sleep well tonight <laughs> um and that's the thing racism's not that bad if you're also not racist sometimes um the
1: the, <laughs> the thing is though is like i've still got echoes of liking this film left in me right like when 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 the um persian dude accidentally shoots the little girl yeah chills you know. Yeah, like- I, I I
0: actually laughed at that, but it's so <laughs> funny, man. Like um the, the, <laughs> like it's so over dramatic. Yeah. Like the 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 dolly zoom onto Michael Peña crying and it was like overdramatic over, dramatic. It was I, I guess it was one of those like nervous release of tension kind of things, but I just laughed. I thought it was so funny. Like it's when I, I it's first so poorly that, handled, I thought.
1: I first saw that scene when I was like 11 or 12. Yeah. And I remember being floored by it. Like, just being like, holy shit, that's so yeah.
0: See, like, I would extreme. call it flawed as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're spelling it differently.
2: A 12-year-old Richard would be inclined to agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, couple of um, interesting um, other things. Uh, had a little bit of Oscar stats. A few tidbits. So, uh, mm. this is one of two um, Best Picture Oscar winners to only have one syllable in the title.
1: What's the other one? Can you guys guess? Um,
2: the Shape of Water. Uh, <laughs> nah, is it? It's, oh, no, Argos
0: too. Um, don't know. Uh, it's Wings, the first one.
1: Oh, very cool. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, and also, um, it was the last Academy Award winning film to be released on VHS. But it was also the first Academy Award winner to be released on Blu-ray. Wow. Good
2: couple of titty bees for
0: you <laughs> uh, i feel like that didn't sound as funny in your head <laughs> no i did when i
1: said tidbits
2: earlier on i was like should you call them titty bees <laughs> it's
0: <funny. laughs> well it's good that you set up tidbits because other people would be like what does he mean by titty bees
1: the there idea of needing to shorten the word bits as well is like <laughs> yeah part of what while I'm extending enjoying it, the word titty
0: <laughs> Uh, so do you guys think that Crash is the worst best picture of one of all time yes um, no okay. I
1: think I think purely from a um, well maybe yeah
0: P- purely maybe. from a racist perspective <laughs> for in, what it in did term, for- in terms yeah. of like
1: failing to to nail a message it's trying so hard to nail then yes it is the worst but I would easily watch Crash a hundred times over the other two we watched
2: Nah, what? I don't think I could do it. I think for me it's just too, duration alone. It's too offensive. It's right. It's just too offensively bad to like mm. watch again for me.
1: Yeah, so you would sacrifice if you had to watch one of these three films every day for the rest of your life, you would sacrifice 3 hours of your day to watch Around the World in 80 Days just out of like honor out of spite, because yeah. <laughs> because Crash Crash is a worse movie for society than uh, around the world in 80
2: days no I, I would say it's a worst movie for me to watch like you know like as a racist it's like <laughs> someone the difference between someone flicking you in the nose and flicking you in the nuts and, and someone <laughs> punching you
1: on the penis
2: mm.
1: <laughs> you know both of which I've experienced multiple times and, and which would you confirm. rather go through again a, a nose flick of course <laughs> and would you take a longer
2: duration of nose flick than shorter duration of penis punch
0: i see what you're saying i see what you're saying um I, I to be fair i would probably go crash as well because um and we've experienced this a bit on film franchise fortnights but there's something a lot easier to digest about modern storytelling that's um, true yeah it's
1: the duration <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, the it. runtime
0: um, yeah like it, it is just slightly because you're like it like uh, um around the world in 80 days does this a lot where it's like uh, fade and musical uh you know sting to one scene two characters exchange four lines and then fade and musical sting to another scene and like there's mm. so many scenes in that that and are like generally the scene doesn't advance the plot yeah <laughs> of just two characters being like oh did you see this yeah i did mm. fade away <laughs> um but yeah also just just for a wider spectrum of what was also released in to that same year as this so the I'd said before it wasn't nominated for a Golden Globe. The Golden Globe nominees that year were Brokeback Mountain, which won Best Drama, The Constant Gardener, which I studied in year 13, mm-hmm. uh, *Good Night and Good Luck, *History of Violence, and Matchpoint Musical or Comedy was Walk the Line, Mrs. Henderson Presents, Pride and Prejudice, The Producers, and The Squid and the Whale.
1: What does Pride and Prejudice fit into there?
0: Um, musical, musical or Comedy. Or comedy?
1: But it's neither of those things. I guess it's a comedy. <laughs> it's a divine comedy. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> Um,
0: uh, yeah so i mean th- there's better films that year i mean constant gardener's better than crash broken mountain's better than crash history of violence i'm sure good night good luck is capote uh, Capote's i've seen is better good luck yeah um uh, philipsy hoffman's so good man
2: i gotta say probably every film movie ever made is better than crash <laughs> no every surely every movie nominated that year was better than crash yeah like if any other movie won it would be less offensive than crash yeah. But on the flip side, mm-hmm. I do have to say, all of those movies are very white. And at least Crash yeah. has a diverse cast. Yeah, even you know? if they are incredibly
0: one-dimensional.
1: Yeah. What's better, you know? That's the question. Racism?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> have you watched Crash? Oh, sorry.
1: God. <laughs> hey, know- but you know, this year we are in legitimate danger of um, Crash's title is worst ever best picture winner being oh, toppled are we are
0: so fucking close to it oh, you mean Gr- i'm
2: terrified the green book huh you mean a green
0: book or no no green book is not a bad. green book thing. is the best <laughs> the best of um like green book is there's gonna be if green book wins there's gonna be very similar conversations to the ones had after crash one right um but at least green book puts an end to racism crash didn't um but literally Behaviour Rhapsody if that wins oh man fuck I mean we'll talk about it more next week I mean two weeks from now where we're gonna be we will have watched all the Best Picture nominees by then I already have Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my name's Richard (laughs) and the Oscars are that day yeah the Oscars so two weeks from today when you're listening to this if you listen to these on release day uh, we will be releasing a 2019 Oscar 2018 or 20. however you wanted to say it um Oscar discussion where we break down the seven best fiction eight seven or eight eight, be- eight, eight. best fiction nominees yep. this year and we say our picks for the for the various categories and then later that day you could watch the Oscars mm. so that'll be fun hmm Mm. Mm. And play along at home. So yeah, there are we are at a risk of getting a just terrible, terrible film winning this year. So hopefully that doesn't happen, and we'll talk about more next week. So I guess we're done with this episode. Any final mm. thoughts from you boys? What racism, um, good or bad? Aaron, bad. AJ,
1: it's complicated.
0: See now, would you have said that before watching Crash?
1: No, I probably. would have said yes. It's bad. Probably, crash yeah. made me realize that racism. It's got a pl- it's got its place.
0: It, yeah. It's got its place. It's
1: got its place. It's <laughs> got And Aaron, would
0: you have said yes before watching Crash? Oh, but you would have said it was good. <laughs> no, no, I probably wouldn't have. Oh, so Aaron, yeah. so you've seen Crash before?
2: Oh, I, I was born watching Crash. <laughs> it was on at the hospital.
0: I was born during a car crash.
2: During a car crash. I thought to myself does this only occur because people are so separate in their lives that they <laughs> crash into each other because they want to <laughs> feel some sense of human contact yeah
0: you, you feel like like the the title is supposed to be real deep hey? yeah um but yeah also like um my experience with crash by the way i didn't mention this is i got it out on video on dvd and watched half of it and then the dvd skipped and i was like I, I, nah, okay. I can't be bothered watching the other half of this, and so I never like tracked down a way to watch it again. And then, so it was like one of maybe like two or three films that I've ever only really seen half of. And then, so I have watched um the other half, and I was like, didn't miss much.
1: Did not miss. You didn't even watch the first half when
0: you rewatched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> uh, he was racist, and he was <laughs> not racist. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm up to date.
2: <laughs> ha, okay. Can I um, ask, uh? uh three to three three two and one what do you think is the third third worst
0: second worst and first worst uh i would say definitely i think um because i haven't seen 10 commandments i'd say around the world in 80 days to me is the least worst like that's the one i could see why it won especially for the time the size of the production everything like that then uh gross show on earth again haven't seen the other nominees that year but um I think there's an argument to be made for it. Uh, Crash. I have seen the other nominees or some of them, and it's just a bad film, and so I would put that number one.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm inclined to agree. I, again, if I had to watch one of them every day for the rest of my life, I'd pick Crash. But in terms of which is the worst film, I'd say Crash is the worst. Yeah, of the three. I
0: mean, there's there's films I like less than Crash that I would still rather watch every day than The Greatest Show on Earth or Red One Eighty Days. Yeah. Aaron, what about
2: yourself? I definitely put Crash as the worst. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just don't know where I put the other two. I think, I think because I watched um, The Greatest Show on Earth in like HD on a massive screen, it was more enjoyable to me than the experience of watching Around the World in Eighty Days. With so (laughs) half snoring. Richard. The Old, uh, eyes, eyes open <laughs> soft palate <pellet> slack, <laughs> Martin. Um, it's a good name for a,
1: a band, soft, soft palate slack. slack. That is real cool. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I'd have to say, um, second worst would be Around the World in 80 Days, and then third worst would be The Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah, although, fun, fun little titty bee as well.
0: <laughs> um, a
2: lot of good titty well. I'm actually doing a circus show like learning to do circus acts at the moment oh, yeah. and some of the circus acts and the greatest show on earth especially the aerial stuff some of them are very unimpressive <laughs> very unimpressive. now that i
0: have a beginner's knowledge of the circus, <laughs> of the circus. <laughs> well, let me tell let you what this oscar winning film got wrong.
1: <laughs> now that i have a beginner's knowledge on racism <laughs> let me tell you what crash got right yeah
0: as a white man, <laughs> here's what I think. Um, also, I do want to just give a shout out to um, Grace Augustine, Aaron, who you're very familiar with. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, she um, is a good friend of yours. and <laughs> I'd say more than a friend of yours. She posted an Instagram story earlier in the week that I screenshotted because I enjoyed it. Uh, it's her looking very, I don't know, in a, in a mala- state of malaise. Yeah uh in bed or lying on a couch or something and it has a few captions and it says just saw crash for the first time because aaron is doing a podcast about the worst oscar winners of all time i know i'm 14 years late but but what a fucking outrage (laughs) that film is offensive and jarring as fuck day ruined day ruined and i loved it
1: well hey let us know Post Instagram stories yourself and tag us on them of what you think of <laughs> of Crash. Because I maybe there's some defenders out there. Maybe hell, maybe there's some defenders of around the world now. Maybe there's some
0: defenders of racism out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there are any
0: actually. I don't yeah. think.
1: I think everyone's all in agreement with that these days. Um, yeah. But what well, I mean
0: now, it's you're not even allowed to have racist thoughts. Forty years ago.
1: It's True.
0: Mm. There's another little reference for you guys. Are you guys aware of that? No. What. Uh Liam Neeson. Oh, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh. What a what a dumb thing even, to say. <laughs> you're not
2: even <laughs> allowed to uh to, say yeah. that you were wrong about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once a racist
0: thought, always a racist thinker. Uh yeah, I mean if you don't know what we're talking about, look up what's happening with Liam Neeson at the moment. Uh yeah. Because he did not think about what he was saying. He needed saying to really see well. Crash. Yeah, crash yeah, he came he forty
1: did. years too late. Because he needed to see it. Yeah. And
0: then he learned that racism sometimes is okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. On that note, how about we. Um, yeah, there's going to be so many good sound
0: bites from this. <laughs> hey Racism isn't
1: that bad. Let's tell people where they can find us if they heard this on a whim and want to
0: enjoy All right. us more. You can find us wherever you've found us now. Mm. That's one place. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You can,
1: you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. SoundCloud. And
0: Instagram and SoundCloud, and iTunes. Don't have very much engagement on our Twitter page. <gasps> mm. It's it's New Zealand's number one Busted Twitter page because I I mainly use it to tweet at Busted and our friends <laughs> who have a Busted podcast in the UK. <laughs> so you're missing out a lot um, over there if, if you
1: wanna if you wanna get involved in on that. Um,
0: yeah, I've never like articulated that, but that's what our Twitter page is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, a real good sell for why people should follow us on Twitter.
0: you will for New Zealand's number one Twitter busted <laughs> fan page on Twitter. Um, All right,
1: cool, cool. Okay, well, <laughs> hey, um, genuinely, I'd love to know what people think of, of Crash and these other movies if you've seen them. Yeah. So drop a line and um, if we'll you've see got you next... as
0: well, we'd love to hear what you think the worst best picture winner is. Yeah. Maybe it's I something? can't.
1: What else would it be? There's like two others be that could be Ben Hur,
0: Slumdog Millionaire. I you? love Slumdog Millionaire. So, the move. departed? The departed. The <laughs>
1: departed's great. Titanic. Alright. How's
0: Goodbye, your night? Goodbye, everybody. Bohemian Rhapsody. It's
1: Bohemian Rhapsody. We'll
0: know next week. Oh, fucking
2: hell. Oh, God. Bye. Bye. Bye.